So when I was looking to transfer, it was um, a lot of one-on-one -on -one, and it didn't feel like I got lost in a huge university because I knew that if I came here, there was going to be someone I could talk to about every aspect of the courses I needed to take, but also too, I loved the smaller classroom sizes and I liked how interactive and immersive all of the learning was going to be. It wasn't just going to be me sitting in a room with a couple hundred people and a professor who didn't know my name. To find out more about transferring to William Peace University, visit peace.edu. Let's get it. The Carolina Hurricanes keep winning, Joe. What are you supposed to do? How are you supposed to make trades when you keep winning uh, games? I, I, don't, I don't know what to do with my hands. I mean, pick a circumstance. They're going to be distracted by the stadium series before. <laughs> before. Right? Nope. Now that's the win. let the emotional letdown. Right. No, no this is the game still, still after. Yeah. Nope. 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 No letdown. They beat the Blues four to one, but don't take my word for it. Take Adam Gold's. Oh, don't take Adam Gold's word for the it. The file's corrupted. Uh, excuse well, I, I, me. I guess. Um, I mean, I, what I mean, I did did, play it, did the file take money when it wasn't supposed to? It may have. Was there an NCAA investigation <laughs> into Adam Gold's two minutes? <laughs> Could be the we might have gotten to the bottom of something there. Maybe. But you did talk to Sidney Lowe, former NC State coach. I did. National champ. And he has some advice for the Carolina Currents at how you do win the Stanley Cup. If the Hurricanes are gonna win the Stanley Cup, Sid, tell everyone what has to happen to Sebastian Ajo, Andre Svechnikov, Martin Natchez. What do you have to do to win the cup? Well, your best players have to be your best players. And then they have to make shots. It's the only way you can win. I mean, it's that simple. He knows what he's talking about. He's Sidney Lowe. He's the one with the championship, not me. All you got to do is listen to Sidney Lowe. Find the line, man. No. Best players have to be your best players. Got to make shots. Next up. One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. So we keep hearing it. Oh, there's going to be new legislation for a sports wagering bill in the state of North Carolina. North Carolina continues to lag behind other states in this country, uh, as we've seen what Kentucky and some others add to uh, the the number of states that are either introducing or have introduced legal sports wagering, mobile sports wagering. So what's the holdup? Uh, NCGA in session. Here is uh, Representative Pricey Harrison from Guilford County on what she sees wrong with passing a gambling bill as, as, as it was presented last year. And it's a predatory industry, and it's looking to raise money. It's not looking to raise money for our state, but it's looking to raise money for the industry. So my recollection is that some of these figures that have been tossed around about the revenues that will come to North Carolina are, are pretty minuscule on the states that have enacted online betting, such as Kansas recently, $350 million in revenues produced 700000 and tax revenues, $350 million spent on gambling produced 700000 in, ta in tax revenues for the state. And a lot of these states that have enacted these, have given tax exempt status to the promotions, the free betting, have ended up uh, really eliminating this potential for a revenue source. So I think it's kind of maybe overselling it to talk about the potential for revenue raising. And it's a bad way to raise revenue. Um, gambling revenue is not, is, not, is not sustainable. It's not good. It's predatory. And it shifts the burden. Um, the um, issue about the ubiquitous, ubiquitous advertising, I think it's going to be a real problem. And it's in, in other countries and other states, they've seen that it has enticed underage gambling. I think 
think that there's a the potential for um, you know a, a sharp increase in gambling addiction. Uh, there was a 43% increase in calls to the hotline last year. Many think it's is related to the increase in sports gambling. Um, that that uh, amount of money that's being put in the gambling addiction is insufficient. It's a fraction of what's needed. Uh, I feel like it's very much insufficient oversight and regulations. The places that have these are not enforcing them, and they put small fines on the companies. They're multi-billion-dollar companies. So I feel like there's areas that we could really strengthen this bill. I am not against sports gambling. I'm against the sports gambling bill that was before us last summer. But I am, I'm not opposed to sports gambling. And so I, I feel like if we had a you know large takeover process that addressed many of the concerns and looked at some of the problems of others. And I was glad to hear Representative um, Saints talk about that, because these states who have run into problems um, are going back and trying to fix it. And I'd hope we get out in front of those problems. So that's just sort of the start. <laughs> so that's Pricey Harrison, uh, Democrat out of Guilford County. And I'm not trying to I'm not trying to dismiss the concerns. There's, of course there's concerns. And absolutely, I'm, I'm willing to hear. I think it's the first one that would be the biggest. Which would be the money yeah. and, and the taxable. <laughs> that's what, that's, taxable. What, that's and, what they care. And that's what they care about. That's yeah. what they should care about. Yeah. And if they want to poke holes in the numbers that people are putting out there in terms of the kind of money that will go towards the state, I'm here for it. Everything else that she talked about, though, is very much similar to alcohol, similar Lottery. to lottery which is another form of gambling and look i've said this before and i'll say it again once you approved the lottery you gave the game away it is gambling i don't care how you want to spin it it is gambling i was at my dad's i was at my parents earlier today and getting a cigar for steve forbes and my dad's got pops scra- came through my dad's got scratch off tickets at his desk ready to go you know how much those things cost a pop? Oh, they're not cheap anymore. They're not cheap anymore. Ten yeah, bucks, five, twenty ten. bucks. Yeah. You know, depending on the game you want to play. Now, this was a ten dollar one. I ended up winning thirty bucks back. So my dad will now use that for, you know, more scratch off winnings. Yeah. Yeah. Winning thirty dollars. It just goes back to the scratch off industry. Sure. But it was a gamble. It's fun. It's fun. Same same thing with the sports wagering. And the other important part too is regardless of what you think about the number next to that tax revenue it's tax revenue that's going somewhere else if you don't do it because how many times have we heard about people that are already going up to virginia to start making wagers sure so i get that it might not be this pie in the sky number but that's also tax revenue that you're giving away if you don't do it yeah i also not sure kansas is the most populous state in the history of the union yeah there's so. there's there's that too I'm not sure that's the one you want to compare yeah, yourself there, to. There's, there's i mean you don't want to compare yourself to new york or new jersey that's fine but you, Florida is probably closer. Next up. One, two, three. Joe, I know you're excited for opening day. Was that like your best Stugatz impression? Dan! <laughs> I said, Dan. Joe! All right. You don't, you don't even know what opening day I'm talking about, sir. I don't, actually. Major League Soccer is back on Saturday. They're on Apple. And Don Garber, who is the commissioner of the MLS, by the way, has got some music for your Ponzi scheme loving Ooh, ears. Go on. The MLS is looking for another expansion no! team. Get out! What? Yes! Get out! I am shocked that I... they, that the, the only way that they can make money 
is by taking millions off sucker billionaires. Oh, expansion fees. It's through expansion yes. fees. Did, hey. you, did you realize the MLS had only 10 teams in 2004? Yeah. They have 29. Yeah. Now, of course, 29 is, is awkward and bulky for scheduling Which purposes. Which means they got to add another Which one. Which means, actually, they should add three because 32, as the NFL has found, is, is easier as baseball fights its scheduling issues, unequal schedules. Garber says the 30th team will come at some point soon. <laughs> Hopefully, we will get that announced by the end of the year. Here comes the, the disappointing part, Joe. Yeah. Las Vegas is considered the front runner to be the 30th team. The other sites that Garber mentioned, you ready? Detroit, Phoenix, Sacramento, where you at? Yeah, Sacramento, Sacramento's and, been in the running for that for a while. Now. Tampa. Yeah. I do not see. You won't. Raleigh. You, you won't. You won't. And the reason why is because Stephen Malik doesn't have the money. David if Tepper. If he added a team in 2010, he would have had. Yeah. He would have. Yeah. yeah. But David, honestly, David Tepper ruined it for just about everybody else because he was so desperate to get MLS at Bank of America Stadium that he overpaid in terms of expansion fees. In terms of expansion fees, the, it went up. But this is not a knock on soccer. Okay. No, I, I, I would I want, embrace an MLS team here in this market. But I, I want to be really, really... Because of the time of the year that it's at, too. That's fair, too. But I want to be really clear about what I'm saying when it comes to soccer. It's not the sport. It's the league. Americans will only accept the best yep. players playing at the highest level. And now we don't even have our national team players playing in the MLS anymore. And as you know, the United States gets to experience the best of the best we have the best players in the nba playing basketball yeah. we have the best from around hockey the players yeah. from around the world playing in the nhl the nfl is uniquely american and then you got major league baseball which brings in the best players from around the world right soccer is not it and as you mentioned our best players will iron sharpen iron in the epl or other leagues and mls just isn't that and in order to become a viable league in this country, you have to have a good television deal, and you need the visibility. By going to Apple, it was the biggest sign ever that MLS is not a viable television product. Because if it was, ESPN would have kept it. If it was, Fox, who essentially makes all their money now as a live broadcaster for sporting events, would have invested in MLS. Instead, it was like, eh, and of course, MLS can try to like dress it up as, oh, we're being forward facing and look at all the technology. No, you are now something that is no longer passive. I have to actively seek you out. And nobody's actively seeking out MLS in droves. And here's the other thing, too. As we get further into where we are with sports rights, I look to XFL ratings. Do you know the XFL started this past weekend or 3.0? I did, yes. The ratings for XFL 3.0 were worse than the ratings for XFL 2.0. Which were bad. Which were bad already. That was the XFL didn't get, complete their second season? No. Or am I confusing them with the AAF? Uh, you're confusing it with the AAF. The awful. Yeah, yeah, they didn't complete it because of COVID. Yeah. XFL. 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 Okay. Yeah. Not to be confused with the Dundons. Uh, Dundons, which was shut down. Coup. Then that was just shut, that was just okay. shut down. Oh, and by the way, the USFL... No. Is right around the corner. Yeah, they too. played last year single site. Yes, and they're going to be coming around to do that. But again, the point I think is they have two sites this year. It's largely rejected by American audiences, which is now left to back to MLS. The only way they can make money, the only way they can make money, is by 
expansion fees. So I would not be surprised if by 2030, we've got 50 MLS teams. Why not? Do regulation? No, they never will because that's part of the buy-in. Okay. Because if regulation were a thing, NCFC would be in MLS. But they don't want to do that because Americans don't believe in relegation. Yeah. Next up. And I don't even care who number two is. But I care about who number one is in mock drafts. And who number two is in a mock draft. Oh, no. Oh, we got fresh mock drafts. This is the most ridiculous one. Dennis uh, highlighted this 2023 NFL mock draft on USA Today's For the Win site. This one's all based on trades. Let's get crazy with it, right? So the first overall pick is not by the Chicago Bears. The Houston Texans move up with a projected trade with the Chicago Bears to get Bryce Young of Alabama. Okay, cool. So as I'm scrolling down, I'm like, all right, well, did this person, was it uh, Christian, what's what's the uh, author's name? Christian D'Andrea. Do they have the Panthers moving up from the ninth spot? Maybe the the Panthers are freaking out about a run on quarterbacks and want to get their guy. So what do they do? Okay. Panthers picking sixth. They move up to the sixth spot to take, what's your guess, Joe? Uh, Will Levis. You are correct. Projected trade with the Detroit Lions via the Los Angeles Rams. (laughs) They take Will Levis with the sixth pick of the draft. I'm like, okay, cool. I see what you're doing here. You're going crazy with it. But this is not the part that annoyed me in the mock draft because I get what they're doing with the mock draft. Here's the part that bothered me with this mock draft. Quote, David Tepper, owner of the Carolina Panthers, had been quiet as a new owner for the first two years of his tenure in Carolina. Hmm? A curious move from a man who literally displayed brass testicles on his work desk for a large period of his life. He Googled that part, at least. At least he got that part right. He finally made a splash this season by firing Matt Rule. Huh? What? Then hiring Frank Reich despite Steve Wilkes' competence as an interim head coach. Now he approves another big move to push the Panthers three slots up in a deal with the Lions to get Levis. I'm sorry, David Tepper was quiet? quiet. Mm-hmm. Did, did he miss the part about how he overpaid for Matt Rule? Did he miss the part where they have a GM that literally said, I want to be in on every deal? Or the flirtations with Deshaun Watson? Again, though, and Matt Stafford? this is a mock draft where they have 45 million different trades, and you're getting That's yourself angry at That's the, part. the journalistic integrity That's the part. of that. That's the part. Okay. That's it. Next up. ACC Hoops back in action tonight. NC State and North Carolina coming off of Sunday's matchup where the Wolfpack got over on the Tar Heels. How do they bounce back? Emotional letdowns, trying to claw back into the NCAA. We're not, we're really sinking your NCAA tournament chances all on the table tonight. We'll discuss next. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete Deruda, America's wealth coach and best-selling author. Coach, one of the big questions I always hear is, do I have enough money to retire? Well, maybe, maybe not. The most important thing is you have lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll design that plan for the next 10 people to call. No cost or obligation. Put yourself in control of retirement. Call 800-691-3215. You can also text Tim to 600-700. That's T-I-M to 600-700. You'll hear from Coach Pete and the Capital Financial Advisory Group.
So I think we've we've all kind of processed what happened on set on Sunday between NC State and North Carolina. Once he got past Joe Lenardi's giant face on your screen as he was talking about brackets, who's in, who's out. Both teams back in action tonight, nine o'clock. At home, NC State versus Wake Forest on the road, North Carolina at Notre Dame. I feel like we should talk about the Tar Heels first because they're on the brink right now. And the way I see this playing out is almost a Clemson-like fool's gold for the Tar Heels. After they had lost to Duke and then they lost to Wake Forest, there was this you know questioning of their season being over, questioning about whether this team's going to get right, what's wrong with them. We saw all the kumbaya social media, remember? Mm-hmm. Like, that's my guy, we're all together. There was the puff piece about how they all went to somebody's house and they played video games. Like, cool, you did normal college student things? Great to hear. I'm not buying it. And I said that after they beat Clemson at home. I go, okay, cool. Nice response, but do it against Miami, which they did not. So I think Notre Dame is going to be a repeat of that. They should beat what has been a not-so-hot season for the Irish and a good reason why Mike Bray is calling it a career there. Yeah, they beat Notre Dame 81-64 first week of January in Chapel Hill. To me, it's if you are really a tournament team, it's not about tonight. It's not how badly you beat Notre Dame. It's not how you look. It's about doing it against another tournament team. In this case, Virginia. That yeah, pay- Virginia's here on Saturday. And you gotta they'll make you pay if you're careless, which is a big problem for the Tar Heels. And then you also have to do it again to close out the season at home against Duke, which is kind of rounding a corner and feeling good about themselves, whereas the Tar Heels are not. So I really do think, in a lot of ways, tonight is immaterial. Tonight tells me nothing about the Tar Heels. It's Saturday that tells me something. It's the next Saturday that tells me something. Yeah, assuming that they win. If they lose, because remember, Notre Dame's been competitive here down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Now, that Notre Dame's not winning. Please don't mistake what I'm about to tell you, but... Georgia Tech lose by two, Virginia Tech lose by six, Duke lose by four, Virginia lose by two. Yeah. So they've been competitive here down the stretch. The question is, what can they do with Carolina tonight at home? I obviously expect Carolina to play well. I expect them to win the basketball game. Mm -hmm. But you're right. It comes down to what can you do with those Q1 opportunities? Because Virginia is a Q1 game, and Duke, as we speak, despite having to labor with Louisville, 29. So that's also a Q1 game. I know this is um, this is a loaded statement, but I think it's worth discussing. If this was not North Carolina with the with this situation, would they still be looked at as a team that has opportunities to make the NCAA tournament? Meaning, because they're North Carolina, they can take a loss tonight, and people would still go, "Well, you know, if they beat Virginia, if they beat Duke, and it depends on what happens in the NCAA tournament." Well, then they have a chance. I would argue that a team not named North Carolina would be absolutely dismissed and not brought up. It's a storyline because they were a preseason number one team. It's a storyline because it's freaking North Carolina, and they moved the needle. If it were, say, Syracuse in this situation, or NC State in this situation, then we're not talking about it the same way. It's hard to find the equivalent because Kentucky is, has also struggled this season, mm-hmm. but Kentucky's four and seven in Q one games. Yeah, yeah. Carolina's zero and nine in Q one games. It, it's really not, 
but it's not dissimilar to the situation that they were in last year Mm -hmm. until they won at Virginia Tech. So we'll see. Meanwhile, NC State will be at home against Wake Forest. Uh, Look, uh, NC State, part of their story this year has been how they've responded. Take a loss, they bounce back, they respond. Uh, Even within games, they've powered through some empty possessions and won games. I think I think tonight to me is is going to be the most interesting for the Wolfpack because you're taking on a desperate team that's trying to make NCAA tournament magic here with Wake Forest. Yeah. They, they need this win badly. Yeah. And, and an accomplished offensive team too. They get yeah. scored a basketball. And here's the other thing. We're kind of in uncharted territories for the Wolfpack in that how do they handle prosperity? Sometimes typically not great. In the past, again, I'm I'm not trying to um apply too much historic context to this Wolfpack team because sure. they've actually bucked those trends. Absolutely. But for most of us who've been around for a long time and watched triangle basketball, we've seen NC State fly close to the sun and what happens? Oh, the the, the wax melts and they you, crash. Yeah, man. So I'm going to be really curious to see how they respond tonight to prosperity. We've seen how they've responded by getting beat, having a an ugly game like at Virginia right or having yeah. a tough loss at Syracuse how do you handle prosperity yeah, I think that's the in- tonight the interesting part about tonight is DJ Burns was so fantastic down in Winston Salem now Terquavion mm-hmm. Smith was in foul trouble wasn't great in that game Jarkel Joyner wasn't great in that game so NC State has figured out how to win different ways this season but this might be one of those games you can't you can't realistically expect Burns to score 31 points again so you probably are going to have to build a better mousetrap tonight against a guy who's a really good coach in Steve Forbes Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org slash nc. I have a uh, I have a favor to ask of both of you. If I ever go so far to do what Dom Capers did today, former, oh, yeah. former head coach of the Carolina yeah. Panthers, the, fir- the first head coach of the Carolina Panthers, mm-hmm. who was brought back on as a special assistant and he had press availability today. Yeah. If you ever see me show up to work with what amounts to a Lego <laughs> snap-on hairpiece... <laughs> I want you guys to have an intervention with me, please. Oh, we'll do it live. Yeah, no, please do, please do, because I'm not shy about the fact that I'm losing my hair. I mean, shout out to Ross Martin and his three buttons unbuttoned shirt look, but he took a picture. Yeah, Ross always has like three of his Oxford buttons. Ross is unbuttoned. a vibe, man. Leave Ross alone. No, he's a total vibe, total vibe. Yeah, but it's still a thing. Yeah, man, it's, it's cool. Regardless, Ross Ross took a picture of me and NNO columnist Luke DeCock talking to Dave Dorn, NC State's head football coach, at Sunday's game between NC State and North Carolina. And he took it f- from the back, showing both me and Luke's, you know, bald domes from the back, right? And I said, Ross, if you're going to take a picture like this, Photoshop it, please. Photoshop it. Use a filter. Give give him the Lego. Or or, or give me the Lego, right? Shout out to the listeners who took that picture and added, like, super cyan flaming hair and some other things. 
<laughs> when I said, please Photoshop some hair, somebody Photoshopped my shirt off and just put a hairy back on me. <laughs> it was pretty impressive, actually. It's like a rug out there looking like Chewbacca. Anyway, I just I just ask that of you. Because Dom Capers, I don't know what that was. It looked like Lego hair. <sighs> looked like Lego hair. It was a thing. I'm just trying to I'm trying to hold on to what I got. And one of these days I'll shave my head. I'm not quite there yet. One of these days I will. As I just buzz mine down. I know it's happening. I'm not, yeah, I know buzz, what's going buzz on. Down. Yeah. I know what's going on. I'm not I'm not guys, when people when people point out like, hey man, see your shiny dome from up like up yeah, No, I'm aware. Thank you. I'm aware. I know what's going on. I don't need you to point out that I'm losing my hair. Regardless. I need somebody to point out to Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN, their GM insider, that there's a reason why he's on ESPN and not in the NFL making these decisions because he had the audacity today on ESPN to say, oh, come on. People all the time say they're not going to play on a franchise tag and they end up playing. We've seen this before. That's true It's true, but there's something different about the Lamar Jackson situation. Here's what Mike Tannenbaum had to say. 100% of the time, this time of the year, they will never play under the franchise tag. They are disrespected. It's awful. And 100% of the time, with maybe one exception, Le'Veon Bell, they will not miss a paycheck read. You know why? I'll give you two million reasons per week why Lamar Jackson will not miss a paycheck. So 100% of the time, it doesn't happen. Oh, yeah, but there's Le'Veon Bell. 100% of the time, not everybody's Daniel Jones who's going through the same situation in the Giants. I think most people understand that what's going on with Daniel Jones is they'll negotiate a contract or he'll play on a franchise tag. He'll go the Kirk Cousins route, okay? Lamar Jackson's different because the context is different. Deshaun Watson got a fully guaranteed contract. Lamar Jackson wants the same, and when the market's been set, sorry, there's no takebacks. If I'm an owner, I'd be mad at the Browns for what they did because it set forth in motion guys like Lamar Jackson going, I want a fully guaranteed yeah, that's contract. That's who you're mad at. That's not who you your should star be. quarterback. Nope. Because you set the rate, man. You set the rate. So I'll be really curious to see how this all plays out, and this is not – huffing and puffing and saber-rattling from Lamar Jackson's camp. He was unhappy with how they negotiated the contract this past year. He felt low-balled, and he's going to double down on that. And if I'm the Baltimore Ravens, you talk about leverage, the Baltimore Ravens' entire offense is built on him. Yeah, that's why his leverage is, is such. Right! This is not another situation like Daniel Jones or what's going on in New York where they can bring somebody up or Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Yeah, like Kirk couldn't go to market and get a better deal. No. That's why he kept signing the franchise tag. That dude, that dude stole money. He did, <laughs> and, and and you know what? Good for him. But you know what? He was a middle of the road, top what, 15, yeah. 14 yeah. NFL quarterback. Not bad, but nah, not great. Kirk Cousins was perfect. Mark Jackson's fine. a difference maker. Yeah, man. So I think if they do that non-exclusive tag, which I think they're going to do because of it, would allow Jackson to go out, mm-hmm. sign up, get the deal that he's looking for, and also would give them a trade. You don't have to take the two number ones. It's just the it's just the perimeter. It's just the parameter to be in the conversation. You have to have your number one from this year and your number one from next year. That puts the Panthers and Falcons in play for Lamar Jackson. Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. 
Don't wait. Head over to jimallen.com and start your next move today. That's jimallen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate.